You're listening to iWolf's Season 7, Episode 8, Puppy's First Day. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Ian Dunbar, Kelly Dunbar, and Jamie Dunbar. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of iWolf's. I am Jamie Dunbar, and I'm joined, as usual, by my dad, Dr. Ian Dunbar. Hello. And Kelly Dunbar. Hi there. All right. Today, we're going to be talking about what you should do the very first day you bring your new puppy home, starting with the first few minutes and hours. How do you get your puppy started on the right paw? Kelly, what do you like to do when you first arrive home with your puppy? The first thing I do is take the puppy to their designated outdoor toilet area, which you have pre-designated and agreed upon as a family and uh, maybe even perhaps set up a little X pen outside to contain that area. And that's where they go right away because they've just had a long car journey. I would have some water in there and uh, just go right outside and try to get them to go potty. All right. And then if they went potty or didn't go potty, what would, what would happen next? I you know, give them maybe five, 10 minutes this very first time to acclimate a little bit and sniff around. If you have a fenced yard and you don't care so much where they go potty, I might let them wander around a little bit more outside. Um, otherwise, you know, I mean, they usually, they usually do, they usually pee. So, you know, at that point you go, you can, you can go inside. I don't, well, you know, if, if not, then you're going to supervise them very, very closely in your, in your garden or in your house until you see signs that they're sniffing and need to go out to go pee. So, but you want to let them gently explore the area as soon as they've emptied their bladder and knowing that they, you know, they, they may have to go again soon within the first five to 10 minutes that, you know, they're, when they're little, they, the movement and the activity will make them need to urinate very frequently, but show them where the toilet is, show them where the water is, show them where their pen is and their toys and try to kind of stand back. I mean, interact for sure, but let them, let them, uh, you know, sniff around and explore. Sounds good. And dad, I must, uh, I'm guessing you would also be taking the, the puppy straight to the toilet initially or you bet. stop along well, the way. You know what? It's worthwhile me saying it as well, because it's so important to get the puppy in this schedule that it doesn't matter if I repeat it, then you summarize at the end of this. First thing, straight to the toilet. When, say go pee, when it pees, treat, 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 treat. I, I really want to pay the puppy off big the first few times he pees in his toilet on the first day. I wanna make a statement. Then either outdoors, if it's private property, of course, he hasn't had his shots yet, or indoors, I want to show the puppy, this is a fun, active and intelligent household. Come here, sit, come here, sit, treat, come here, sit, come here, sit, then go to, go to, you know, just really getting him, because what he would do, you see, in the litter, he would wake up, yawn, stretch, pee, maybe poop, then find another puppy to jump on. Then comes five minutes of extreme activity. Well, the extreme activity in this household is called school. And you are learning, come, sit, down, stand. I mean, this is an eight week old puppy. He should know all this stuff, but if he doesn't, he's gonna know it within a couple of days. After about five minutes of real activity, now we're moving into the sort of the fringe areas between activity and sleep. And this is the time for cuddling. If children are there now, the children get to cuddle calmly, 
stroking the puppy and talking them through it. First, the collar region, scratch behind the ears, then, you know, massage the ears, then the muzzle, then his paws, then give him a little hug, then let him look in your face and, you know, keep your mouth closed if you don't like him licking you, then pass him along and up to 10 minutes, then in the crate with a new stuffed Kong. Then we set the alarm to go off 50 minutes later. And that routine goes on all day long. And I would try to make sure we're home that day. This is something some people don't think about, you know? And so um, we can have the puppy in the crate. By the end of the day, he's got, he, he'll be getting the routine down. Especially if you walk him on leash to his toilet, you'll wake him up. He'll be running straight to his toilet and peeing on cue and you're rewarding him. I mean, we're moving along very, very quickly. I want this, this routine to be absolutely set by three to four days. And all of this, and the reason we did this, the reason why we picked up the puppy early in the morning, why we've had this, you know, uh, hourly schedule is to see how quickly the puppy will settle down when he goes in the crate. I want him to go in the crate, chew, 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 to sleep and then we wake him up so we predict when he's going to go and all of this is in preparation for the six hour night time you've got to get through so um right puppy oh uh, kelly do you want to add something yeah i would do it slightly differently i mean there's nothing wrong with what ian said obviously he knows what he's talking about but i would also add to that i would maybe do a little less sit down and handling i'm gonna do it but maybe not as much do some crate games you teach your puppy to go in the crate come out of the crate come in the crate with some treats throw some high value just tiny tiny bits of high value treats in and get them used to the idea of going in and then throw a few in and close the door with the puppy on the outside and open it and let them learn to rush in the crate without it being confinement time yet. I would do that as um, one of the first games and training things that I would do with the puppy is, is, is that. Um, so, and, and as far as the handling, absolutely have the kids handle them or handle them yourself. But I would maybe do that for 30 seconds, put them down on the ground next to you when you're near your lap and then give them a break and then you know, give them 10 seconds, pick them up again so that it's not just so people understand, I know Ian didn't mean this, but 10 minutes of nonstop handling my kids or something, you know, give them little tiny breaks and let them re-engage, um, do some crate games, do some following around the house, you know, as well. So there's a little more agency and hands off there and teaching them kind of the ropes in, in the house. But the crate stuff is really important because they're going to be putting them in there in their crate or in their pen. And you can do the same games with the pen so that they, you know, they, they're, they're learning to go in it and enjoy it without the pressure of being left inside of it at first. Do you think on this first day, it's better to kind of remain in a single puppy-proofed room or playpen, or do you think it's good to let the puppy explore, obviously highly supervised, but explore more of the house and yard? It doesn't, I don't think it matters that much as long as they're supervised and you don't have 10 acres that you're going to take them on would be a bit much. But, um, you know, I mean, it's, it's if they're with you and they've just gone potty, you can take them to different rooms in the house, but you are going to mainly keep them when, you know, over the first week or so, you're going to have like a puppy proof room or two that will be your primary puppy zone. 
um, you know, you can, they don't need to see the house the first day. It doesn't matter to them. It's not like a person getting a tour of the house when they come to stay as a guest, you know, there's no need for that. But I'll say. <laughs> and here's the, the guest bath and here's the master room and you know, they don't they don't need that but um you know it's okay to take them into different rooms that are puppy proofed as long as you're supervising if you're going to be in different rooms but i don't i don't think that's as important as that they're supervised and that there's a couple of puppy proof places but already again you're going to be trying to acclimate them to their spaces and make them comfortable with that which you know should be a crate a pen and um a puppy-proof room and a, and a garden or patio or something. So that's already a lot for a puppy on the first day, I would say. Okay. Yeah, so, I really, I mean, I, I really emphasize the crate in, for the first three to four days. Um, why? Because we want to get this puppy house trained because that's the secret to more freedom in the house. When you know your puppy goes on cue and then he's empty, um, the exploration of the house and garden, I mean, that is for later, for life. I think far too many people give the puppy too much freedom, too little supervision right from the outset, and their life turns into this long progressive incarceration and confinement. And I think rather than increasingly confining the dog, you know, to a single room, to outdoors, to a basement, you know, and maybe to a cage in the Humane Society, I'd rather absolutely totally confine the puppy for three to four days, say new house, new rules, but you come out every hour on the hour, quick DP, quick de poop, and then uh, training, and absolutely, you know, the two most important things about training a young puppy are come to people and go to your, your crate, and I'm totally with you there. Then a, a little loving, but not much, it's just cuddling then back in the crate. Starting day four is different. Why? Because we can always empty the puppy out. And the, and the whole thing about rewarding a puppy when he does it on cue in his toilet, that is also training the dog to hold it. Because if he has any mistakes on his own, he's saying, what did I get? How many treats did I get for that? Nothing, I got relief, but it wasn't much for payback. But if I hold it until he takes me to the toilet, I get 10 treats for that. I mean, that's a cool deal, man, you know. And so it comes later, but I find the first three days critical to the puppy being unstressed. Um, and when he's in the crate, I may sit with him. Like I was just doing downstairs with a, a this is a nine month old dog. It's the first his owners have gone to Hawaii. It's the first time he's been left alone in the day, you know, um, and we want to get him used to a crate train schedule. Well, he was freaking himself out. So I sat there for two hours talking him down, I explained to him, if you take a breath and hold it, life will be so much better. Then eventually all of the dogs in the room were lying down asleep. So I started reciting nonsense poetry to them. And then I woke them all up and then I had them all settle down again. You know, and he's gradually, I haven't heard a woof since I've been up here. You know, someone's taken over now, but um, I think that's so important that the puppy is cool, living in his crate. This is going to be my safe den. He pees on cue. Now we can gallop ahead, showing him the guest bathroom and showing him the bedroom. But of course, not yet having him down on the ground, you know, until we got him used to in one room that's pretty much puppy proofed, you know, where we play and interact with them. So I find the first three days absolutely crucial to the quickest route to a happy puppy and happy owners. 
So if we're and, really pushing that crate early on, um, would you anticipate that the puppy's going to do some whining in the crate? And if so, what do you do about whining or, you know? Oh, yeah. I, we need to stress that what Ian said, which is he sits outside the crate. Like, I, that's something that I don't think we talk about a lot. But we absolutely do, is you don't close the crate, leave the room, and, and just go away. Uh, you may never leave the puppy or very briefly leave the puppy on the first couple of days where they, you know, I stick my fingers through the crate and let them kind of, you know, gnaw on them a little bit or lick them and talk to them. Ian's reciting nonsense poetry. You don't leave them alone. I mean, it's not adaptive, you know, um, biologically adaptive to be left alone if you're a baby puppy. So of course there's going to be stress. We have to teach them gently and carefully how to be confident and when they're alone and, um, you know, to them, that's kind of danger, danger. Not only is it not, you know, their normal routine, but like it's, you know, a puppy that is no mother and no litter around is meant to scream so that they're found by their mother and, you know, and taken back to safety. So they need to know that they're supported and not alone. Yeah, I, I think it's so important that the puppy doesn't have a meltdown the first time he's in the crate. So what we have to do the scientific terms, we have to classically condition, but operantly condition at the same time. To put it in like more usual words, we have to reassure the puppy, but at the same time, we don't want to unintentionally reinforce whining or panic attacks. And so, you know, we give the feedback. So for example, I, the best way to describe it is to do it. It's a running commentary, but I have various levels of feedback and there would obviously be four, you know, are you calm or not? And are you upset or not? And so what I want is for you not to be whining and not to be upset. But if you were upset and whining, I would still reassure you. But that means as soon as the puppy stops whining, <clears throat> I up my level of reassurance to praise. So like I'm saying, oh, don't be silly, come on. This is puppy behavior, puppies whine. And I try and speak in a way that with lots of weird pauses so I can and softly, so I get the puppy to listen to me. And then as soon as they stop whining for a second, I go, good dog, good oh, don't be so silly, come on, there's no need to whine. And then when they stop, I'm upping the level of the praise, and that's why I recite the poetry, because they're quiet now. And I find a lot of people will either say, right, you're in the crate, shut up, grow up, stand on your own four paws, just let him whine it out. Well, that could be a meltdown on the first day. Now he doesn't like the crate, so I know you're gonna stop using the crate and you've lost the use of one of the best training tools, you know, that, that there is. Or other people, are afraid to reassure because it will unintentionally reinforce. And so we have to learn how to operantly condition and classically condition, i.e. reassure at the same time. And, and very few people teach that. I mean, everyone's about binary this, binary that, and this quadrant, you know, and they aren't realizing that your feedback should definitely comprise four separate levels. But in reality, to me, there's a million types of feedback that reflects the quality of the puppet's behavior and its confidence level. And so it's like you become a, a, um, like a rugby commentator. You know, you're commentating on the play and anyone who's listening to you should be able to see or hear what the pup is doing yeah. by what you're, you're telling it. 
So it seems like the, the key is you're not ignoring the puppy when they're quiet. You really want to let them know they're doing it. When job. they're quiet. Now that's when you see, and, and you open the doors, you know, you praise and say, oh, well done. That's a brave puppy. Hey, look, the door makes a noise. Watch, open, close. I'm still here and you're still dozing. Mm -hmm. and, and I find those nether, I can think back to when I was a kid on long car journeys, you know, right where you're just about to fall asleep or you've just fallen asleep and you can hear your parents talking. And so right after they're asleep, that's when you can get, I, I, I think, I don't know, I'm just saying what I think, get some mega praise into the puppy's brain that you're being good, life is hunky-dory when you're quiet and lying with your chin on the ground. All right, um, Kelly, I have a question for you. Um, obviously puppies need a lot of rest, right? What, what signals, what body language do you want to be looking for that tells you that the puppy is tired and is ready for a break and that, you know, you, you're done training, you're done playing, it's time for, for downtime? Uh, well, I mean, pro, pro, that's a good question. Uh, proactively, I would, you know, just know that a puppy that has just come home, um, you know, especially if they're under 12 weeks of age and, or even, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 weeks of age, especially, um, they're going to need, you know, like 18 hours of sleep a day, you know, and rest downtime. So puppies need sleep. And one of the ways that they show that they need sleep is not maybe what you would think. It's not necessarily yawning and, you know, head nodding. Although of course those would, you know, would definitely also signify the puppy's tired. Um, they often get a little hyperactive and bitey and cranky, just like a little kid gets overtired. They might start actually running around more and getting very nippy and um, kind of hype, what you might call hyperactive. And it's, that, that is definitely a sign that they actually need a break and they're getting cranky and it's not a time to exercise them. It's a time to teach them to calm down. And again, so maybe some crate games, tossing their kibble in. Um, as much as we do talk about using chew toys, the first couple of days I would rather do crate games and hand feeding and tossing kibble into the crate from the outside as you're reassuring and some chew toys, um, uh, chew toys, um, chew, edible chew stuff like, you know, like um, the ears, the soft cow ears that are natural and don't have the smoke on them that they can just kind of teethe on and things like that. But um, a hyper puppy is usually, an, and a cranky puppy that's extra bitey. I mean, all puppies are gonna mouth you, but if they could turn into little, little land sharks, it's often because they're, they're sleepy. Dad, what do you think about that idea of um, those first few days? I'm, I'm asking you a question right now. Oh, what do you think about that? Those first few days, instead of trying to um, go to the chew toys, which, you know, kind of auto train the dog. But if you're going to be around to actually, you know, hand feed your dog through in the crate, um, you know, and, and, and more actively use food to train your puppy to love their crate. Dad. Um, yes, <laughs> I, but, and then if you want to add whatever you want to add, feel free to do so. If you take, you know, Kelly's, uh, um, the, the fact that puppies need to sleep 18 hours a day, and we're going to have six hours of that, we hope they sleep all the night through, you know, um, that means they need 12 hours of sleep in non-nighttime. And that's why I have always advocated this one hour, well, it's not the reason, this one hour schedule of, it's 10 minutes of go pee, high activity, mental exercise, 
then a little bit of stroking, and then 50 minutes of sleep, because I've got to get this 12 hours of sleep out of the day. The other reason is um, my most favorite study I ever did, this was just an aside study, where I read a statement that uh, bitches don't retrieve their puppies. And I thought, huh? So I read the study. Well, they didn't start um, the study until the puppies were seven weeks old, which from my observations was exactly the day when bitches stop retrieving their puppies. So I did a study on maternal behavior in bitches, trying to ask the question, how does maternal instinct develop? Because there's no books to read. So I watched puppies for hours and hours on end. You know, uh, we did it 24 seven because we had round the clock watches. And it's quite true. When you look at the cycle, what, what Kelly was saying, puppies spend about 15 seconds waking up, yawning, and then they stretch. And then mum either licks them to pee and poop or they wander and they pee. It's almost, it's within the first minute now and 15 seconds for spending waking up. Then they start playing, but it's kind of slow at first. And that violent activity you get of play, then bunch jumping on puppets, biting them, yowling, chasing, doing all this, it like happens. And then the next thing you see, the whole litter's in a lump asleep. And so how do I tell when a puppet's had it? Well, I know when it's about to get exhausted, when the activity is building high, but I know what's gonna happen in the next few minutes, he's just gonna go whoom. And I've seen puppies do this when people are playing with them. They are maniacs biting on their hands and then they and they go to sleep. And, you know, and I say this because so many people say, oh, that's much too stressful what you're doing with young puppies. It's not that it's why you can handle neonates for as much as you like, because when they've had it, they just, they're unconscious because now they've got to fall asleep and have sound sleep to set, you know, the permanent, permanent memory trace. So it's why I like oh, the puppy on this one hour schedule because it was devised from what puppies would do if they were alone together with mum or with just the litter mates. They would have this hourly schedule at about eight weeks. And then by 12 months, it's getting up to about 75 to 90 minutes. Well, weeks, right? A month, at, yeah, sorry, weeks, yeah, at 12 weeks. Um, All right, so I have one, one last question for you two. Um, what, if anything, should you be worried about in that first day if your puppy, say, isn't, doesn't seem to be eating or drinking or using the bathroom or, or anything else that comes to mind? Is there stuff that you know that owners do worry about that they shouldn't worry about or things that people should be worried about? Uh, Kelly, do you want to anything come to mind? Uh, Jim, you go ahead. No, Dad, anything come to mind? Well, yeah, I mean, the, the signs of health are, you know, input, you eat and you drink, and output, you pee and you poop, and your ambulatory, you can walk. So the absence of any of those would, you know, give me cause for concern, as would whining. I, I really want to avoid a meltdown on the first day. Um, because I, I know the way that that will become a vicious circle and eventually the owners will stop using the crate for confinement and now we have this whiny dog that won't settle down that's not confined 
like the one that we've got downstairs here. And the question is, you know, can we troubleshoot him in one day or two days? Otherwise the next week will be a nightmare because it's not just himself he's working up, he's making the other dog stressed with his screaming and howling and crying and whining. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would be concerned with anything out of the ordinary. And it's why, again, we look to this, uh, the hourly cycle is input and output. And so basically I, I start it when they wake up, it's pee always, sometimes poop. Then they do the activity, the walking around bit, and then they eat and drink at the same time when they have mum. But of course with us, they're drinking water and they're eating, you know, um, moistened kibble. So the absence of any of those signs I would pay attention to, but um, severe stress, could affect all of them. And, um, and it's why the, I think your first question, how do we do the journey? And now how do we do the first day trying to limit puppy stress as much as possible? Um, because the other effect is, yeah, your pup is peeing everywhere and he's pooping liquid. And the other effect of stress and, and so, you know, set aside three days at home with the puppy to get it through the first day, the second day, the third day. All right. Kelly, any, anything you want to add? No, it all sounds very good to me. All right. Well, hopefully this is enough to help people get through that critical first day and to help transition their puppy into their new home. So thanks, everyone, for listening. Goodbye from us. We'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Season 7, Episode 8 of iWoofs. If you'd like to learn more about dog behavior and training, make sure to check out DunbarAcademy.com. And as always, thank you for listening.